Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 10, Episode 39. This is Writing Excuses Q&A on Plot Twists with Kevin J. Anderson. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry and we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Howard. I'm Dan. And we have special guest, Kevin J. Anderson, our longtime friend and all-around excellent guy. Say hi. Hello there, and I'm twisted. That's why we're doing plot twists. <laughs> Kevin, uh, what, what are you working on right now? What do you got coming out next? Lots of things. Um, that's oh, you want, always okay. the case. Yes. Kevin releases have, like 30 books a year. Only eight. Come on now. Um, because I don't write them at Sanderson length. But... <laughs> They are measured in one-half Sanderson lengths, I think. Um, I'm writing, editing right now a book called Eternity's Mind. It's the third book in my saga of shadows, uh, giant space opera, um, three books of like Game of Thrones with planets, only mine's going to be finished. Um, And I've got a new steampunk fantasy uh, novel called Clockwork Lives, which is a sequel to a book I wrote called Clockwork Angels, and it's kind of interesting. I think we'll talk about that. It's worked with the rock band Rush. All right, we are doing this Q&A on Plot Twists at Worldcon Live. And our questions have come from our helpful audience here, and I'm going to just start out and throw them at the podcasters and see what they have to say. Genre twists as a a plot twist. Good, bad, Mm. or ugly, John asks. So genre twist, I'm going to assume they mean changing the genre of your story halfway or three-quarters okay, okay. way through. Okay, so I did that kind of <laughs> accidentally 
in the first John Cleaver book. And in chapter seven, everyone goes, oh, wait, what? This is supernatural? And so I can tell you from experience that there is a portion of your audience for which that will work wonderfully. In fact, just this morning, somebody said, I read this book and I loved it. I got to the part where it turns out it's supernatural and I was sold. I was in for everything. And th- but there's also a significant portion of the audience that will hate you forever. Um, go and look up I Am Not a Serial Killer on Amazon and read the one-star reviews. Almost every single one of them, that's their problem with the book. So, Dan, you should never read the one-star reviews on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first book. Um, I find that, that I learn a lot from other genres. I write primarily science fiction and fantasy, but I read a lot of historical fiction, political thrillers, uh, mysteries and thrillers. And if all I'm reading is science fiction and writing science fiction, it's like making leftovers. I like to read and learn things from other genres. And I had a big science fiction book called Blindfold, and one of the characters is an actual Hannibal Lecter, really nasty serial killer who's been locked away in a, a space station prison. I was reading Dean Koontz, I was studying uh, Thomas Harris, I was doing all that so that I could get the suspense of the serial killer right, which isn't normally done in big space opera science fiction, but I used that tool to bring it in. Um, but I'm, I'm not a very monogamous genre reader. I'll read everything and I enjoy it and I write everything, so I just put it all together and if I like it, I'm sure that somebody will. Now, I, I've seen this happen well before. Um, now, it's been done a lot, so you can't do it this way, but the fantasy that secretly turns out to be a science fiction, um, Fred Habersagen's Swords series um, is a good example of this, uh, even uh, the Sword of Shannara um, and some of these things, and as a youth reading, uh, reading fantasy, when it was done well, like Saberhagen's Swords, it worked really well for me. Um, it's become kind of an old trope at this point. I think my favorite uh, recent uh, genre twist as a plot twist was in Mary Robinette Kowal's Valor and Vanity, Mm. where I am in a Regency romance with magic, and suddenly it is a heist novel with all of the heist trappings. Yeah. Uh, So I think you can totally do this. The question you got to ask yourself is, how am I going to make sure to fulfill on my promises and expectations? Um, and if you are completely undermining those promises and expectations, you're going to have a hard time. If you're even partially undermining them, as uh, Dan with Serial Killer, one of the things we talked about with him in the, in the writing group was, let's try to give hints that this is supernatural early on. Um, and that helped, I think, a lot. So be careful not to undermine. You can, you can do something different that still fulfills their expectations in a surprising way. That's what you want to do. But you do want to fulfill their expectations in some way. I think one of the problems that you run into is not so much the readers who get heartburn, but it's the marketing department at the publisher who gets heartburn. Yo, yeah, I don't know how to it. sell this. I don't know what to put on the spine. But especially with indie publishing, now there's all kinds of cross-genre things. And, and I think readers will follow it and be much more, more forgiving, if you do, a, if you do it well, um, than the, the marketing department that knows that they have to go, well, wait, this is in the the mid-list fantasy slot, so what is there an alien here for? I don't know how to market this. We can't do anything with it. Um, This one is really good and kind of going to be a little tougher, which is why I'm asking it. Uh, Compare and contrast a situation where a plot twist came off well and one where it came off poorly. What made the difference? Tammy asks this. Yeah, excellent question. That's a good question, but I have to think. Yeah, (laughs) that's the problem. It's going to make us think um, about, about how to do this. Now, I know in my own work, just kind of as a rule of thumb, while I'm giving the rest of the people time to think, 
Um, every book I write has plot twists that come off well and poorly in the alpha and beta stage. And the big distinction as a writer for me comes in making sure that my foreshadowing is appropriate. And sometimes I have too much. Sometimes I have not enough. Now, keep in mind, um, and I think we talked about this when we recorded the episodes on plot twists, the, the crunchy episodes, you can't fool everybody. And you're not going to, and you really shouldn't try. You got, you, what you want to shoot for is have a couple of plot twists that will fool the majority of people, but in such that when they read the plot twist, they say, oh, that's awesome, not, huh, what? Um, okay, so let's get specific, because you asked for, for yeah, examples. Yeah. Um, arguably, the big famous plot twist that everyone knows uh, is The Sixth Sense. Uh, which is old enough that we can spoil it right here, but I yes. won't. Um, but, but the reason that that plot twist works, you get to the end and you, the bomb drops and you go, what? The reason it works is because it adds so much emotional weight to the story. It adds meaning to it. Mm. It adds depth to the characters. It adds this incredible pathos and tragic resonance. And it makes the story better than it was. Ender's Game is the same way. It does the exact same sort of thing. Um, it works for those reasons. And also, I think both of those work on kind of a, you might be suspicious at first. I mm-hmm. sure certainly was for Sixth Sense. But then the narrative is constructed so well to make me doubt my suspicions. And by the end, I've almost forgotten them and I've, you know, I've, I've discarded them. And so then when it happened, in both cases of those stories, I said, oh, I almost got that. I sort of seen that. Um, and that is part of what mm-hmm. made them work for me. Well, and then you see the sixth cent. You have to see it a second time after you see it right. the first time. Uh-huh. Although I'm not sure it's the kind of movie that you can watch like Star Wars 10 times, 12 times, 15 times, because once you've seen it twice, you're done. Um, what I want to bring up is Charlton Heston riding on the horse on the beach and coming around the corner to find the blasted Statue right. of Liberty uh-huh. at the end of Planet of the Apes. That really worked. The one that really didn't work was the ending of Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. When yeah. they crash land and it's, it's this, the Abraham Lincoln monument, only Abraham Lincoln has a monkey head. Come on. That, that was just dumb. But here's the, quit, the twist. That is the ending of the novel. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the actual novel, the guy comes back to Earth and he gets out of his spaceship. He's survived this whole adventure. And he gets out and looks at the city and finds that they're all apes. That is actually the ending of the novel. It is not like the Charlton Heston ending, which I think works. So using Planet of the Apes, it's a good example of, of both questions. You know, there are, uh, another one that's a really good example is, um, is Watchmen, um, the graphic novel to the film adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, content warning if you weren't aware. Um, but they have this really excellent twist, I think, in the graphic novel that I didn't realize was actually weak until the film did it better. Um, which, which is a is, very controversial opinion, yes. but mm-hmm. he's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the plot twist, without giving away too much um, in, in, the, in the book, it is cool from a kind of conceptual standpoint, but it doesn't tie directly to the characters. Basically, one character convinces the world that they're under attack, um, and this unites the world. His opinion, he's trying to get everyone to work together um, and in the film, they make the person that's attacking another one of the characters who's perfectly set up to do that. And so 
the character becomes a scapegoat, whereas in the book, it's a, a, a fake squid that they've genetically engineered that comes kind of out of nowhere. Um, still works in the book, works better in the movie. It's very hard to improve on such a great book, but they did. And the reason is the same thing. They tie it back to characters. They don't twist out of nowhere. They twist kind of toward the characters instead of away from them, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, and, and so looking specifically at this Planet of the Apes question, the reason the Charlton Heston movie one works is because it goes back and it adds something to the story. And you go, oh, I didn't realize what I was watching. I didn't realize what had happened. You know, this, this changes We thought things. it was an alien planet, not actually yeah. Earth. Whereas in, the in the book, it's just a weird thing that happens right at the end. And it doesn't really add anything to the story. It doesn't add anything to the characters. It's just like, and here's the weird thing. Okay, we're done. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, let's stop for our book of the week. Uh, the book of the week this week is by Kevin J. Anderson, which is Clockwork Angels. Clockwork Angels, which is a steampunk fantasy adventure. It's the novelization of the most recent Rush concept album, Legendary Rock uh, Greats Rush. So and wait, I, you wrote this book with Rush? I wrote the book with Neil Peart, who's the, the lyricist for Rush. He wrote the album, and we've been friends for a long time, so we plotted the novel together, and I wrote the novel. And it's got illustrations by the guy who's done every Rush album cover. <laughs> and uh, it's got the lyrics in it. And it's just like one of the coolest things I've ever done because I get to be fanboy and best-selling author at the same time. <laughs> so um, who's, who's the reader? Uh, the reader is Neil Peart from Rush. <laughs> <laughs> so Rush wow. reads you the book and wrote the, the concept album. And you, you can wrote listen the to the music, yeah. yes. Oh, wow. So any pitch on what it's about? Like... Um, it's, it's a steampunk fantasy adventure with, with uh, a steampunk carnival and lost cities and airships and alchemy and uh, uh, pirates and all kinds of really cool uh, things. And we did that novel. Uh, it hit the New York Times bestseller list on Neil Peart's 60th birthday, so I was able to text him right before he went up on stage uh, to do a concert in New Hampshire. And I said, not only are you an adequate drummer, you are also a New York Times bestselling author. <laughs> And we liked it. We liked it so much that we've just produced a sequel called Clockwork Lives, and it's like a steampunk Canterbury Tales with a whole bunch of the real stories of the peripheral characters in it. And it's the coolest thing I've ever done. And I've written 130 books, and I think this is like the coolest one I've ever done. Man, all right. Well, if that intrigues you, you can go to audiblepodcast.com/excuse. Start a 30-day free trial. Download this um, this wonderful book read to you by a member of Rush and uh, get get it for free. Let's go back to our questions from Worldcon. Eric Wex asks, "What is the biggest mistake professional authors make when they insert plot twists into their book?" Inserting bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, you know what the the. Uh, Often the whole idea for the book is centered around this cool idea you have for a plot twist, which means that by the time you get to that point, you're, you're married to that idea. Uh, but often by the time I've written to that point, uh, now that I've done this a few times and made the mistake, I realize that's not the plot twist the story actually needs. The plot mm. twist I thought of was what I needed to get me writing, uh, but I need to let that go. Well, and sometimes the, the plot twist is the, the ingenious solution to the insolvable problem. That somebody comes up with the, aha, Eureka, I've figured out how to do this. And you, the writer, know that this is going to be the ingenious solution the whole, the whole time you're writing the book. Which means that you have to make all of your characters in the book stupid enough not to realize that mm. until that point. And what happens is, many times, your readers aren't as stupid as your characters are, and they're going to guess it a mile away. And so finally, when you get to this grand 
plot twist and you go, aha, this is how we do it. That, that uh, um, the, the scrambled egg aliens in Star Trek are allergic to ultraviolet light or something like that. Um, everybody's guessed it already. So it's not that big of a twist anymore. I so, just did that in, the, the in John egg. Cleaver 5 that I, I just turned in. Uh, it, the first draft of it, I sent it out to my readers, and one of them wrote back and said, wait, when he gets to the end and he figures it out, didn't he figure that out like three chapters earlier? And I said, no. <laughs> uh, did you? Well, yeah, it's obvious. So I had to do that exact thing and come up, basically come up with enough feasible alternatives, make the red herrings you know, legitimate solutions that turn out to not be true instead of just the character being an idiot. So we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, uh, plot twists. Um, and a lot of people in the Q&A are asking questions that we might have covered, but I want to hear your take on them, Kevin. Specifically, people are, a lot of them are asking what makes a plot twist good and what makes one actually surprising. Well, surprising and good means that it really does have to be a eureka moment for your character and for the reader at exactly the same time. Um, I, I think that... Um, as an example that I can't really give specifics, I don't remember as much. I remember The Da Vinci Code reading it, and they, that was always one twist after another, and it was one realization after another. But it got to this point where I realized that I was figuring these things out like a paragraph or two before the character did, which is why I think the book was very successful, in, or one of the reasons, because the readers were timed that they figured it out just a few paragraphs before the character did, so the readers felt really smart. <laughs> and that's kind of a good thing if you can figure it out so that, that the reader's like, I know what he's going to do, and then he does it, rather than I know what he's going to do, and then four chapters later, he does it. Excellent. All right. Well, Kevin, this has been wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, audience, Thank for your you. questions. Um, I actually have a writing exercise for you. Now, we've been doing a few weeks on plot twists, and we've had you write about them and things like this. We're going to be moving into endings next month and talking about those. So your, your actual writing exercise is to try writing out your plot twist. Try taking it out of your story and see if you can remove that as a big twist and kind of make it something that, um, that is known from the beginning which is actually really hard. I've, ha I've done this several times as an exercise, and what you have to do is you have to make the emotional impact of the story different. Um, Kevin has written on the, the Dune books. Um, one of the things that Frank Herbert did a lot was tell you his plot twist five or six chapters before they happened, and then built the emotional tension around you knowing what's going to happen or knowing the sense of dread instead of being surprised by it. Different emotions, same type of concept. And so that's your writing exercise. Give that a try. And this has been Writing Excuses. You are out of excuses. Now go write. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.